Are you testing your sibilant S? Yes, because <laughs> I realized I like I said rasp and it sounded very funny to me. Leave me alone. I'm a I'm a broken child. What do you want from me? <laughs> What am I? What am I? What I don't know what you're doing. I don't know your life. Jeff, how are you? I'm warm. This room is very I know. warm. I guess we can crack the door. No, it's yeah. fine because then the sure? cat will walk in and make noises and I'll be sad and sneeze and shit. <laughs> Let me get this straight. You'll sneeze and shit? You heard me. Well, let me go get some paper towels. <laughs> I have to worry I'm wearing an adult diaper. Oh, good. I came prepared. I really hope this goes on the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say this is going to be where we open it. Oh, I'm fine with that. Let it roll, boys. Everybody, welcome to Media Lunch Break, bringing you all your comic geek and movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and a potato griller. <laughs> My name is Andrew, as always, and I am joined today with your co-host for the day, uh, Jeff Hill. Say hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff Hill. <laughs> you hate me so much right now. I didn't even say say hello, Jeff Hill. <laughs> I know, that's why it's funny. Chris is still moving because we record two episodes a day. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's, it's taking him a very long time to move. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, hopefully I get both of these out before Comic-Con. It shouldn't be a problem. I don't think it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. You can just change the order. No, I can't, because I, I just said he's still out. Jeff. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. To talk about too many things. There was a, I, I went through the list of events at New York City Comic-Con, and I tried to prune it down, and... I don't believe I succeeded. Well, here's your first problem. I told you we were going to discuss the main stage panels. That is not what it. I read, because my reading comprehension skills are low. <laughs> I went to public school. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I didn't do that either, so. <laughs> but I, I put, I think I put less than you, because you. it sounds like you went through, like, all the panels. I, I, I just went through main stage and then, like, the big ones, like Hammerstein Ballroom, Madison the Square Theater. Garden, Hulu Theater, yeah, yeah. Most like of mine are there, so there's only, a, I only have a couple that are not in, that are in smaller rooms, um, so I, there's only a few of them, so I'm not too worried about What's it. your first one? Uh, the first one I have is, on Thursday, I think it would be interesting to see, which is, uh, the main stage... Uh, fantastic a conversation with christopher eccleston oh jesus that's nowhere near where mine is uh, i also have behind the magic of harry potter and the cursed child and a friend of mine plays moaning myrtle in that and it says some of the cast is going to be there and i gotta ask her if she's going to be there yeah i've heard the i've not seen it it I isn't either a, i need to see it two-day production no no because sometimes a lot of the times i think it's a one day two show production is usually how they oh do it. that's or right. you that's can right. split it up if you want to yeah but it, it is still a two production yeah segment it is uh a bit daunting yeah and i am a theater buff yeah um I, i'm and, but i've but, heard but i'm also perpetually tired uh yes because <laughs> we're adults in, with in jobs. our 30s yeah. yeah but i've heard that the kind of the theater magic that they use is spectacular oh man i gotta check that shit out yeah it's i i've seen like bits and pieces on the internet and it looks i god i don't want to 
It's it looks magical. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna ignore your order and we're gonna do mine because it's driving me crazy already. That's fine. We can do your order. Uh, all right. So first thing I got is uh, I think these are all Thursday and I think they're in chronological order. Universal Pictures 1917 cast and filmmaker panel. It's got Sam Mendes, the Academy Award-winning director of Skyfall, Spectre, and uh, American Beauty, legendary Academy Award-winning cinematographer Roger Deakins. Uh, so scenes of their thrilling new epic 1917 about two young british soldiers on an impossible mission in a race against time to cross enemy territory and deliver a message that will stop a deadly attack yes sounds pretty cool yeah it's i've seen the trailer for it it looks i uh, haven't i didn't even know there was war one tastic um i'm i didn't put that on my list simply because i not a history buff no i'm a history fan but i'm just kind of world war one out i don't that i i'm not interested in world war one right now it's what else has come out that's been about world war one uh well wonder woman for fun sure two Uh, two years ago two years ago no i'm saying like three uh, yeah three years ago i even i don't like world war two movies just in general like it's been like I've seen a number of them. Like Atonement is another World War One movie. I, I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's a wonderful movie with Kieran Knightley and uh, what's his name? Natalie Portman. Um. Uh. He played James McAvoy. He played James McAvoy. Yes. <laughs> the yeah. I I don't. Look, I think we've been doing a lot of World War II movies. I'm happy to see a World War One movie now, like Dunkirk and Gary Oldman. War Horse is a World War One movie. I mean, how was that? Ten years ago? No. Warhorse? No. Yes. I'm looking it up. It, I believe it was 20. What year did Warhorse come out? God damn it, Google. Come on, Google. Eight years ago. Ha! I mean, yeah, like ten years ago. I was right. Eight is less than ten, yes. It is like ten years ago. That's 2011. Dunkirk came out the same year as Gary Oldman Fats Around, whatever that movie was called. What was that movie The Darkest called? Hour. Yeah, we saw it together. Yes, the movie he, he finally won his Oscar for. Yes. I, I, Probably his worst I, movie. I, I don't agree with that. Probably his worst. I would say it's probably his worst. Eh. He was in the, uh, my, the Bodyguard movie with Sam Jackson and Ryan Reynolds. Gary Oldman? Yes. He's the, the villain. My bodyguard's bodyguard or whatever? Yeah, what? Yeah, that movie. He is the villain in that movie. I mean, we're never going to get anywhere if we talk ad nauseum That's true. this much about all this stuff. But I don't, I'm not World War like I'd out. I'm Sam World Mendes, War II'd out. Sam Mendes is a brilliant director. Is that his name? Sam Mendes? Mendes? It's not Mendes? I believe it's Mendes. Like Testes? Yes. Beyond the... We just talked about this, so I think we can probably skip it. Beyond yep. the Magic of Harry Potter, The Curse of Child. It's, it looks good. Hammerstein Ballroom, 1 to 2 p.m. We should we should watch that, Jeff. Let's go together. I would do that. Rooster Teeth presents Ruby Volume 7. Do I care about this? I do not. New York Comic Con presents A Night with M. Night, introducing Servant on Apple TV, an exclusive event with master storyteller M. Night Shyamalan as he introduces Servant. Servant? Is that supposed to say Servant? I don't... I think it's supposed to say servant. I believe so. Which follows a Philadelphia couple in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens the door for a mysterious force to enter their home. Uh, the people on the panel will be M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, Jesus Christ. Not not Jesus. Jesus won't be there. M. Night Shyamalan, Tony Bazgallop, and the cast, including Lauren Ambrose, 
Toby Kebbell, Nell Tiger, Free, and Rupert Grint. That sounds like a wonderful cast. I am not super interested in M. M. Night Shyamalan. What? Did you even see Avatar The Last Airbender? Yes, it was my Oscar pick that year. <laughs> How'd you do? <laughs> it did not go well. <laughs> I, every every time someone at work brings up the suicide... Not the Suicide Squad, sorry, that's the new one. Anytime someone at work brings that's up... That's the difference they're going with? <clears throat> yes. Oh, God. Anytime someone at work brings up Suicide Squad, I always go, up, 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 Oscar winner Suicide Squad. It was. It, it beat... Star Trek? The, the last Star Trek? I don't know. It, it beat a movie that it should not have beaten for makeup. Yeah, of course. If there were any other movies out that year, it should not have won. Uh, and then I've got... You fan- are correct, sir. Fantastic. A conversation with Christopher Eccleston. Hop in the TARDIS for a look back at Christopher Eccleston's adventures. The actor will discuss his roles in both film and television, including Thor The Dark World, The Leftovers, and Doctor Who. Here's my question. Why lead with Thor in that description? Uh, start with your weakest step. You think? Yeah. They they already... Isn't they that are- known as burying the lead? Uh, that's one approach, but also, like, they started with Doctor Who... They're ending with Doctor Who because that's what most people know him from. One of the like he also this is actually one of the reasons why I found this one most interesting is because he recently be, kind of spoke publicly for the first time about how while on Doctor Who he struggled with an eating disorder. Jesus, I didn't know that. Yeah, he. Uh, you think he's going to talk about that? It's. I would not be surprised if someone mentioned it in the Q and A. Oh yeah. Um, and because he's spoken publicly for the first time about this and how it affected him. And this is kind of him talking now, reflecting on his time as Dr. Who. I can't see how it's a topic to avoid. I don't think he would want to he want to want, avoid it. Yeah. He wants yeah. to talk. He wants it to be a, what people. Do you know what specifically? I like, believe it was anorexia. Oh, yikes. Yeah. It, that's, I really appreciate an actor taking the lead and saying this is something that i struggled with yeah where he was acclaimed in this role beloved in this role and but while he was kind of at the height of his fame at least in america yeah he was so personally struggling with his own self-image yeah with a, a condition or a disease that is really strongly associated with female performers or females you know it's funny i was gonna say um there wasn't a name for this at the time but like probably in like high school i would have associated more with like a men's rights advocate in that you know you look at something like this and you're like you know men aren't comfortable coming out with something like this or like brendan fraser's stuff that yeah. he, he got me too'd on the opposite side that you would expect a man to come out as terry cruz same terry way Cruz was another one and the more that i thought about it what what really switched me over to like the feminist angle was i thought about it for a long time and I realized that the reason these people are embarrassed to come out, the reason it's not acceptable is because women are considered inferior yeah, and that that idea is associated with women. Yeah, that's the implicit assumption. Right. And by men coming forward and saying, this is something that I have struggled that, with. That too. we all struggle yes. with. We all have things that we struggle with that may not be stereotypical male problems. Yeah. Uh, I'm not so sure if two cis white males talking about this is the best way. I don't know to what you're talking it. about. We, we we have a podcast. There's no other way to do a <laughs> podcast, or so it appears when you go That's on Apple. True. But yeah, I think that Christopher Eccleston having this kind of platform 
where I think likely he will discuss these struggles will be, I think, really impactful. So crazy too, man, because like the Doctor Who community is such a good safety net. Yeah. Like imagine, you know, the only other thing I could think of that would be equal or better as a safety net would be like the fandom of Harry Potter, where like an actor could easily Very come welcoming. out. Very yeah, welcoming. Yeah, yeah, and everyone would be super accepting. Like if Daniel Radcliffe came out and said something like that and, you know, ended up gaining enough weight that he looked like a normal, like looked like one of us, no, and then continued to do Harry Potter, no one would question it. You know, he'd yeah. just be like, ah, oh, I'm just happy he's back. Well, there might be people who raise a well, concern, yeah, 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 but they would be drowned out. Right, by, by the billions of dollars. People saying, <laughs> well, the billions of dollars and the billions of fans who say right 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 you guys shut up right and yeah. i don't know that that I, I you know money speaks much louder than any of that in hollywood and i think the money would still be there you know they, yeah. they'd see that because the fans don't care yeah. um and uh but it's interesting i was gonna say as well that like eccleston like he's do you know if he's he's like uh, you know on the wagon as far as like getting better i believe that's why he's been talking about it more publicly yeah. is because this is something that he has struggled with and is now coming to the terms of the fact that He's comfortable with it enough that he can speak publicly about it. But do you know that he's, is he still suffering through this? Uh, no, I believe he he's, is he's sort of recovering on the, on the up and up. Well, yeah. it's interesting. That's what I was going to say is it's interesting because I, I've seen him recently in like photos and, you know, he does publicity stuff. He looks no different to me. Like it's amazing yeah. how body dysmorphia yeah. is, works, how it, he, to an outside perspective, you look completely fine, but your personal right. view of yourself is so twisted. Yeah, that's really interesting. Because, yeah, I, I remember looking at him and being like, yeah, he just looks like a normal guy. And now he still just looks like a normal guy. And yeah. I'm like, I see no difference. Yeah, and I, when I heard this, I was shocked. Yeah. That, because he, it was, it's not something that I would have expected him to struggle with. To be completely honest, of the Doctor Who's, he's the least... He's the one yeah. I would expect the least. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, to have this kind David of David Tennant, Matt yeah. Smith, Peter Capaldi are all very thin, tall, Well, and Matt, lanky Matt Smith men. and David Tennant were both very, very young and very, very unknown. That's very true. You know, that it's a lot easier to convince a 20-year-old, or however old they were, to do something like that. You know? Well, I don't believe it was a matter of convincing. I think it was... No, no, no. Yeah. I, I understand. But like, the, to uh, feel to the pressures. Yeah. in a such a way that that they would think yes. such. Yeah, I'm not, right. I don't mean to imply it, but someone probably was, be it, you know, an agent. Well, you know, you really, you, you could, you, it would help out a little bit. Or like, mm -hmm. I, I just know that like, like my sister was like a supermodel for a while. And I remember her telling me these stories about like, the day she quit doing it was the day that, I think it was her agent... Uh, had been encouraging her to eat less and less and less. And it got to the point where she was on one leaf of lettuce a day. And she had done that for like two weeks and she was like losing her mind. And her agent was like, could still lose a little weight though. And she was like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that social pressure yeah. to adhere to unrealistic standards. And it might not be like, Hey, you got to lose some weight, but it might be like, you know, couldn't hurt. Yeah. You know, it might be a good idea yeah. or the reason you might not be as successful as you could be is because, or, yeah. or the, uh, the cast, the wardrobe person going, huh. You know, something as we're simple as that. We're going to have to take that out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're like, oh, I don't know how we're going to make this work. You know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Don't worry. We're already one, two hundredths of the way through. <laughs> Sony pictures presents the grudge, a reimagining of the horror classic with Sam Raimi and special guests. Do we care? I do not. I love Sam Raimi, but I do not care about the, about the any purge. Of it. Yeah. Not a, the, pur the purge. It's the grudge. I can't tell the difference. 
Netflix presents Big Mouth. Join Nick Kroll and cast along with executive producers as they take on New York Comic Con with hilarious clips and commentary from the highly anticipated third season. Is John Mulaney going to be there? Because that's going to dictate whether or not I give a shit. I I don't, I really don't like Nick Kroll. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan either. But like, I don't get it. my love of John Mulaney might overpower I, that. I, yes. Yeah. If John Mulaney's got a panel, I might have to go. But it didn't say he was on it, so I don't know. I agree. That is my take as well. Star Talk Live at New York Comic Con, hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Star Talk brings the universe of science fiction. <laughs> I don't know why it's paused in between science fiction. Star Talk brings the universe of science fiction down to earth and onto the main stage at New York Comic Con Thursday night. Uh, have we forgiven Neil deGrasse Tyson? Because he kind of disappeared for like six months and then just came back all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I remember he did something shitty. So, um, so he, three different women right. uh, accused him of things. Right. I like that Bill Nye has been getting more and more frustrated. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like he's cursing and yeah. shit. He's turning into an angry old science oh, it's man. so good. Yeah, Bill Nye the Angry Old Science Man. <laughs> Next up, Sp uh, SpongeBob. Come on, Bill Nye the Angry Old Science Guy. No, he's an angry old science man now. <sighs> okay, please continue. That was intentional. Yeah, it wasn't funny, though. None of this is funny. How dare you call me out like that? <laughs> <laughs> Personal attack. SpongeBob Appreciation Day. This is going to be enormous, and I don't understand it. I am. Uh, we were both too old for this show. I think when it that's came out. true. I think we're just on. Uh, I barely missed it, and you missed it by I think. A yeah, few I'm years. a year. I'm a year or two older than you. Yeah. So yeah, SpongeBob was a thing that I saw, and when I did see it, I thought like, oh, that's enjoyable. But I never saw the. I've never the even phenomenon. Like I watched it, it, and I was like, oh, this is for babies. <laughs> Like, I, I really was like, it's on par with, like, Booba and um, Teletubbies I'm not and sure stuff. it's quite that far. That's what I thought when yeah. I watched it, when I was, like, I, I don't know, I was you're, probably, like, 12 or 13. Yeah, you were, you were a sophisticated 13-year-old. Like... Yeah, no, I, I... At least pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the, sometimes that never goes away. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure that that is going to be full of 23-year-olds. Yeah. Maybe a little older. Yeah. I put it at like 26, 27, but yeah. South of 30. Yeah. Next up, Siffy's resident alien world premiere screening and panel. Be the first to see Alan Tudyk. I don't know why I pronounced it that way. As an alien in Siffy's upcoming comedy series. Why are you pronouncing sci-fi so strangely? That's not how you spell sci-fi. That's how you spell Siffy. You do realize this is an... Uh, like an audio thing and people will need to understand what the hell you're talking about they'll figure it out <laughs> okay i love alan tudyk i do too i think he's fantastic i don't have any interest in this show i don't know anything about it well i don't yeah. I, I haven't really watched sci-fi in like <laughs> nailed it 10 years I honestly can't tell you which i, I farscape was probably the last time oh, i watched wow. it that was 15 years ago yeah um yeah i i believe they had the expanse correct oh yeah the expanse which comes up later as moved to amazon prime i believe that was the trajectory so i think and sci-fi had uh Battlestar galactica so like they've had some good content but it has been few and far between Few and far between is right yeah alan tudyk he's doing great stuff he's in doom patrol as well and he's great yeah um fantastic 
I mean, have you seen the the behind the scenes stuff of him doing the voice of the chicken from Moana? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay, great. Never mind then. It's fantastic. He went to Juilliard. <laughs> That's what I was just gonna bring up. <laughs> I love that line so much. Yeah, it's so good. I love him. It's great. Next one is Nickelodeon's "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" We care. I don't. Yeah. I never watched it as a kid. I loved it as a kid, yeah. but like. It's, it's is like, this a reboot? Is this the original well, actors brought back? Well, I the, couldn't the quite show was um, the the show had a different cast every episode. Uh yeah, it was uh, just but, a. But yeah, know. but it was because if I look, I looked at the 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 people who are attending, and one of them is one of the child actors from, from it. It yeah. So is that is the, are they like doing new episodes that I just missed in the yeah, kind of media know. zeitgeist? I don't. I think this is another one, like, I was saying with The Princess Bride in the last episode, that, like, give it 30 more years, maybe. Uh, well, it was so episodic, and, like, yeah, I think they could bring it back, and it would be fine. Like, we're redoing Twilight Zone. An, a good amount of time has passed between the Twilight Zone and now. You know what I mean? Like, Are You Afraid of the Dark was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. I'm but, like, eh. but I remember most of them. Because it was stand, it was, each story was standalone, I don't think you're, you're really losing anything. You're not recreating anything. You're just kind of continuing. It's different to me. Well, then make a new show if it doesn't, you know what I mean? There's no well, continuity. But, you're literally just slapping a name on it to get people to be nostalgic yeah, to watch the show. Yeah, that's the same thing with the, with, uh, the, uh, whatever show you just talked about. I'm sorry. <laughs> The Outer the, Limits. The Alien. Yeah. You say The Outer Limits. <laughs> Alan Tudyk's Alien Show. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the Twilight Zone. Yeah, the Twilight the, Zone is... It has nothing to do with the original one either. I, I don't think that's true. It's it's still going to open with Imagine in a... It's still got a Rod Serling type. There's still going to be narration, I imagine. I'm I'm sure they're going to... Yeah, but if... So if they do... Are You Afraid of the Dark and people are sitting around a campfire and throw sand in it or whatever the heck they do at the beginning of episodes of are you afraid of the dark yeah it's still evoking but that, that wasn't no uh, i see i disagree because it's not iconic of the show rod serling is iconic of that show that character type is iconic then of bring the... back a holographic rod serling a la tupac next up <laughs> is robot chicken season 10 which might be fun you got seth green eh. some other people it might be fun. I know. It's yeah. a robot chicken's fun. I, it's probably one of those panels that if you went, you would find just really enjoyable. Yeah. Like the panel would probably be really be, fun. It'd be like sitting around with your 10 best friends yeah, who are like, your funniest friends. Just a bunch of like a bunch of really funny people cracking yeah. jokes for like an hour. I bet it would be a lot of fun. It doesn't mean I... I'm going to spend yeah, my time Yeah, there might on. be something else better. Here's what I'll say uh, counter to that. There's not a lot of good stuff this year. There's like no real like big Marvel panel or DC panel. Well, yeah, there's it's kind of this lull between major to, uh, movie properties and and I I feel like they were planning on having big main stage panels of like Daredevil season four. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe. Uh, well, also the Marvel's kind of. St- Marvel is now part of because their Disney has their own convention. Yeah, D twenty three. D twenty three kind well, of takes a lot of the thunder. Daredevil season three had a huge panel last year and it was fantastic, um, and so did um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Where we got to see the first half of the movie like six months early. Wow, it was great. Yeah. Uh, oh, next up, uh, I'm torn on this one, so I want to get your thoughts. 
you might you might have just missed this one too though this might be where we divide because mm-hmm. this is like my cartoons Gendy tartakovsky's primal this half hour new series follows a caveman at the dawn of evolution and a dinosaur on the brink of extinction bonded by tragedy this unlikely friendship becomes the only hope of survival in a violent primordial world i'm torn because i fucking love Gendy tartakovsky but this show looks like fucking garbage i <clears throat> i'm of the i respect Gendy tartakovsky i yeah. loved his i love samurai jack yeah i loved uh was it clone wars or oh yeah he the did first clone, season yeah. or something uh, like that or, or yeah the, clone wars yeah because attack of the clones is the movie right uh yes yes then it was clone wars yeah and i thought those were great yeah i wasn't necessarily like my it was wasn't my jam but i really thought it was really good did you watch cartoons. dexter's lab uh i watched it a little oh, but I not a that ton. show yeah um so powerpuff girls i think was his too really that was all i was a little too old for both of those yeah I think. it wasn't i mean it was it was good but it wasn't yeah it's, i think he's a really great uh creative but i haven't seen any of this to make me want to like that's not really a premise that makes me want to go hell yeah i gotta be there yeah well and also the the show just sounds like do you remember the lot like i call it the lost pixar movie because it came out like right after Inside Out and everyone ignored it. Oh, the good dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this is, right? Uh, kind of A sounds... caveman teams up with yeah. a dinosaur. Yeah, it's kind of like... Do we, also, why do we keep seeing this storyline when dinosaurs and people did not exist together by a long shot? Uh, because it's... It kind of captured... It's, why did Jurassic Park work? What? Because we brought dinosaurs to now. Well, I think... Yes. That is the premise of the movie. What I'm saying is that I think there is something oh, romantic about humans yes. and dinosaurs living together. Uh, yeah, sure. That, and however you rationalize, I believe the beginning of The Good Dinosaur, it's like this alternate reality where the asteroid just barely misses Earth. Oh, okay. Because so, I was going to say, is it just that human beings have a hard time differentiating between 10,000 years and 10 million years? That is probably also true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's like an alternate reality, which I'm a big fan of, but it's a really strange sell for a children's movie. Yeah. Siffy so, Wire hosts The Great Debate, which is just people debating stuff. I have no interest in this. Uh, yeah. Steven Universe. I told you on the way here. I'm watching the show for the first time. It's incredible. Everyone needs to watch it. I was very uh, suspicious going in. I was, like, dragging my feet the whole way, and eventually I was like, all right, fine, I'll fucking watch this show. And it's magnificent. Each episode is, like, 14 minutes long. The first season has, like, 60 episodes in it, and every episode is a standalone episode that is so good. So they're doing a, uh, let's see, it says, need more Steven Universe the movie? So do we. Relive the excitement of uh, with live action, perform- live musical performances from Steven Universe the movie featuring Estelle who's evidently the one name of the person who plays Garnet, Makayla Dietz, who plays Amethyst, and Dee Dee Magnohall, who plays Pearl. And that's not all. Dive deeper in Steven Universe mythology with discussions about the movie with creator Rebecca Sugar, plus Q&A, and maybe just maybe a surprise or two. This panel is made for True Kind of Love, The Awesomeness, and other stuff too. Uh, it's a great show. The movie just came out like a month ago, I think. People really like it. I'm really excited. I'm almost finished. I'm on the last season. And then I'm going to watch the movie. And then I should be all caught up just in time to go to this panel. You haven't seen this show. I have not. I you know a, anything about it. I am only vaguely aware of things that I've kind of picked up from social media, kind of references. And I know it is extremely progressive. Yep. Um, 
really interesting takes on gender and yep. stuff like that. Um, so I, I'm interested in it, but it was one of those things where I just kind of never found a way to start. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, it's really easy. Like you could you could watch an episode every morning and not be late to work. You know what I mean? Like while you're getting ready, it's literally 14 minute episodes. It's, it's really it's, short. It's one of those things that's like on my list. It yeah. just hasn't kind of worked its way to the top. Man, it's good. Um, it's the plot is about this like little boy named Steven and he's just a kid and uh, he is watched by these beings from another planet who are representative of different types of like stones gems Gem crystal stones. gems yep. yeah uh garnet amethyst pearl and they they all have certain powers and abilities and then it comes to find out that like they like cross they yeah they can fuse yeah uh you learn that garnet already is a fusion of two different uh, uh stones that like loved each other so much that they just decided to be fused together forever and uh there are other twists and turns as well. Like Steven's being raised by a single father, which is really beautiful. And he's just like super deadbeat. He means well, but like, he's just like, he used to be a, a musician who he's was like incapable. a C-list. Yeah. yeah. And now he runs a car wash, you know, but it's all happy. Like the thing that gets me about it is like, there's a lot of sadness in it. Like about like the things that happened to his mom and like the, the planet that the gems come from and you know, relationships and, and on and on and friendships that, that don't work out. And, there's a ton of sad stuff in there, but it always has a positive, optimistic outlook on life. And the other thing I really admire about it, I was just talking to Melinda about this. Every episode, and I almost don't want to say this because it kind of spoils it, but it, it shouldn't really. Every episode will have a moment where something crazy could go wrong. Where like, you know, they're trying to sneak by this thing and they're almost home free. And if they make one wrong move, the entire thing could like blow up in their face. And every episode has something like that. And every episode that happens like they don't mm. shy away from it it's not they don't take the safe way out ever they're not like and then they made it and everything worked out they're like oh no they accidentally knocked over like a whole like tray of dishes yeah and the people they're trying to hide from immediately found them okay now how do they get out of it yeah obstacles are regularly put in their path yeah and they still manage to overcome it's it in so an optimistic good, good way it's great it's, it sounds like a great show i just yeah i need to look watch it marvel games panel i got excited because I thought this was going to be a panel where people play games. It is not. It's about video games. <laughs> well, but Marvel games have been pretty great. The Sony Spider-Man game is one of the best video games of the last few I know, few I'm years. waiting for that to be 20 bucks. So I can it is. It. I've only gotten through parts of it, and it is, because I just don't have a lot of time to sit in game, it is what I hoped superhero video games could be my entire life. Wow. Bold it, statement. Do you remember... Superman for the N64. I have never played it, but I've watched a lot of people play it online. That was the pinnacle of superhero video games to me for a very long time. Uh, and that is a very, very when, sad thing. When you thing. got that game, were you like, wow, it looks like a real person? No. Uh, no, I thankfully <laughs> rented it. Oh. And I believe I played it for 30 minutes tops. And it, the entire premise of Superman for N64 was flying around Metropolis, going through giant floating rings. As yeah. far as I could tell. Yeah. It's terrible. But Spider-Man is story-driven yeah. and free-form. You move around the city in an interesting way. Well, that's the way they're... It, it, it looks like it's what the first few Spider-Man games would have been 
if they had a PS4. Yeah, if they had the capabilities. Because that's do what it. sort yeah. of what the first one was: is you just swing around and look for shit to do and and work on a couple of different main storylines. There's also a lot of subplots and yeah. side characters and side quests. Yeah, and... it's it's kind of the technology has gotten to the point where yeah, what the narrative and the storytelling needs to be is actually matched by the technology, and it is just spectacular. It is a wonderful game that you can sink a lot of time exploring and doing a lot of really interesting stuff. It's it's amazing. So uh, they're not going to talk about that. Probably not. <clears throat> they're going to talk about Iron Man VR and the new Avengers game. Yeah, that's a that's a big fat nothing burger. <laughs> Yay! Tales from the Road to Mordor, dirty. Hobbit's reunion panel. I was not excited about this at first because I was like, oh, The Hobbit, what a bad movie. But it's not. I know. It's Hobbits, plural. Yeah. I'm taking The Hobbits to New York Comic Con. Join Billy Boyd, who played Pippin, Dominic Monaghan, who played Mary, and Sean Astin, who played Samwise, as they share their stories from the epic Lord of the Rings trilogy, moderated Screw by Claire Kramer. you, Elijah Wood. <laughs> He's busy. He's busy. Having I, a career. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm kind of excited yeah. for this. Yeah, because everything I've seen behind the scenes of that movie is that these guys loved each other. And they had a wonderful time with each other and just spending time. And they were friends, not just because they were in a movie, because they were actually friends. And that's the kind of thing that on a panel is just magical. Have yeah. you seen the video? I just saw this like last week. This The video of... um. Elijah Wood being interviewed for the Lord of the Rings movie, I think for Fellowship probably, and uh, he's just like in this tiny room that has a monitor and he can hear people but he can't see them because they're getting interviewed by people who are all around the world, so they're just like calling in yeah. and like doing these these like radio interviews basically. And there's one that's like, I think it's a guy, it's a dude from like Sweden or something. And he starts asking him all these super weird questions about his hair and if he wears a wig. And he's like, is that a wig in, a, in the movie or is that, do you wear a wig like in your normal life? And he's like, have you slept with any celebrities? And like asking really weird shit. And like Elijah Wood starts laughing and the guy gets like offended and he's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Have I offended you? And he's like, no, no, sorry. And it just keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder until the accent drops and you hear him say hi elijah it's dominic <laughs> he's like so i'm sorry i couldn't be there with you but uh i thought i'd have a lot of fun at your expense and then elijah wood just starts laughing hysterically and he goes i knew it <laughs> yeah i think i think that's the kind of panel like we were talking about with robot chicken yeah that it doesn't really matter what they talk about being in a room with those kind of people just telling stories would yeah. be a great time it's worthy of spending a couple hours i can't even imagine like it's so weird too because those three have been like living the dream like other than sort of sean astin the other two have been like just pushing like b-list movies and probably making bank and not being Hugh Jackman or Ryan Reynolds, you know, they're just like, they don't, they're not a list. Actors. They're bringing in checks. Yeah. They're doing good art, artsy, independent work. And even Sean Astin has been doing that as well. But now like very recently he was on stranger things, which is becoming much more of a mainstream hit. Well, Sean Astin has also been very, he was well known before he was before he, what? Before Lord of the Rings. 
I wouldn't say he was well known. I he he was so. probably the most famous of the hobbits. I'm sorry, you can't be in the Goonies and not be well known. Yes, you can. I don't agree. What's the name of the actor who played Chubbs? Or whatever that kid's name was. He got out of show business. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. You can't be in the Goonies and not be famous. If you're still an actor. Yeah, you didn't put that on there before. It was implied. No, it wasn't. Implied, Lisa. I knew you were going to say that. Next one is uh, DC Nation. For more than 80 years, DC has built a storytelling legacy full of iconic characters, immersive experience. What immersive experiences? And memorable tales that have thrilled and inspired generations. Uh huh. Spend some time with the voices behind these incredible stories and hear about their plans to continue this hallowed tradition at DC. I don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, I don't either. It it says voice actors. Maybe Kevin Conroy is going to be there, but like, yeah, I. He's always fun to watch on panels. I'm sure if there are some of the like the well known voice actors, that would be great. But I believe there's a, a he's going to be in a, a one of the ones further down. I believe there's a. Sorry, I didn't talk into the mic that time. Um, I believe he's going to be. Don't worry, that mic picks up literally everything. Oh, You're going to be hearing hearing dogs in the streets and like all sorts <laughs> of great stuff. Uh, I believe Kevin Conroy and Will Friedle are on a Batman Begins panel later yes, in the week. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Which so, also might be why uh, Kevin Conroy might be on this one. That's entirely possible. He, you know, he's in the area. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. We got Twisted Tunes next. It doesn't have, I forget the guy's name, Paul something, but the, the guy who originated it, I think he hosted it for a while. Um, he's the voice of Yakko in Animaniacs. He's, he was someone that like I really, I really love, uh, but he's not going to be on the panel and I don't recognize a single name. So yeah, I, I have no interest in this. I have no idea. Yeah. HBO Watchmen screening and panel. Oh, you missed one. What? What did I miss? Watchmen's on Friday. What did I miss? You missed 20th Century Fox panel, an inside look at the Kingsman and Free Guy. When did you get that? Did they add one? Main stage, 1D, Javits Center. No, no, when? When did you get that? Like yesterday, day before yesterday. Oh, yeah, I got mine like a week ago. I wonder if they added it. Yeah, so, yeah, so I don't have the full blurb, sorry. But it's 20th 20th Century Fox panel, an inside look at the Kingsman, which is the prequel, I guess, for the King's uh kingsman the kingsman which i think looks fantastic and it is a world war one period piece so you will not be watching it i will not be watching it no uh (laughs) it's kingsman so i'm i'm in i look man so far they're failing only half those movies have been any good i i thought the golden circle was an enjoyable movie was it as good as the first one no jeff no the movie was not good yikes dude he fucking finger bangs a girl to get a microphone in her something a a tracker oh it was no good man so what you're missing in that scene tatum jenning tatum was not great no but what you're missing in that scene is it's it's a absolute tear down of james bond i know i'm not missing that it's just awkward Everything James Bond does is awkward. Uh, yeah, I'm not. That's it's a send up of the genre that li- was created. I by don't him. like those either. The first movie was not that awkward. It was just as strange. The ending of the first movie is every like world leader and famous person exploding in a multicolored mushroom cloud. 
Yeah, it was baller. I'm just saying that that shit's crazy. I I mean, sure. But like, I it's just awkward. I look, man, you, you can justify it all you want. I just it's not it's not for, and don't think like kill off the female lead from the first one in like the first 10 minutes and it's no good. It's no good, man. And and what's his face singing while standing on a mine? Dad, oh, okay. Mark Strong singing John Denver, you will not speak ill of it. It is powerful and it is beautiful. So anyway, what are they doing? They're doing a panel and there's also a, a movie called Free Guy. I vaguely remember what it is, but we'll have to look it up. Sorry. Free Guy. Free Guy. Free Guy. Free Guy is a movie starring uh, Ryan Reynolds. It's an action comedy about a bank teller who discovers he's a background character in an open world video game. Oh. Doesn't say anything about how he discovers that? I believe that's for the story to tell. Who is it? Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds is an NPC in an open world video game. And he discovers this in an action comedy. That sounds like it could be great. Or, or an absolute flaming turd. Yeah. I'm looking at you, R.I.P.D. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of um, Ready Player One. I was going along the lines of a really bad Ryan Reynolds movie. Then Green Lantern. <laughs> Nothing could be that bad. I I wouldn't jinx it. That's true. That's all that's I'm going to say. That's a good Just good because call. it's the furthest a golf ball has ever gone. It is gone. the current lowest. Yeah. It's the it's the current ranking no. leader. But now, now let's talk about Watchmen. All right. So I, so I guess I'll go through this. HBO Watchmen screening and panel set in an alternate history where mass vigilantes are treated as outlaws. HBO's upcoming series. Wait, aren't they treated as outlaws? It doesn't matter. Upcoming series Watchmen embraces the nostalgia of the original groundbreaking graphic novel of the same name while breaking new ground of its own from the co-creator of The Leftovers, delicious, Damon Lindelof's new series. Lindelof? I believe. I could be wrong. This has an L, but there have been a million typos in this. Yeah. Uh, His new series, set in contemporary 2019, where roughly 30 years have passed since the original Watchmen story. Please join producers Lindelof... Nicole Casa, it doesn't matter. Uh, series stars Regina King, Jeremy Irons, Gene Smart, Tim Blake Nelson, Lou, Louis Gossett Jr. Oh, Jesus. Yaya Abdul Mateen II and Hong Chow for an exclusive sneak peek of the first episode of the HBO series, followed by a panel discussion. Had no idea Tim Blake Nelson was in this. This looks amazing. I have I never read the original ready. and I've never seen the first movie. Wow, that is impressive. I tried to. I honestly, I tried. I mean, we make a lot of jokes about my inability to read. I tried really hard to read it. It is dense. It's so dense. It is a dense book. Like I, I was just given, um, the Dark Knight Rises? Returns. Okay, Rises is the movie. Yeah, right? I get them confused. Yeah, I know. Me too. I think it's Returns. The Dark Knight Returns to read, and I almost didn't make it. It's not long. It's like sixty pages, but it's probably ten of those pages are news reports. Mm-hmm. It's hard, man. Like, yeah. and and that's got like a lot of pictures, a lot of short dialogue, some long dialogue, but mostly short. Watchmen is like just talking. Yes, for like two hundred pages. I love the graphic novel. I think the movie is good at what it is. 
I don't think it's a, a faithful adaptation. It's it's Zack Snyder learning the wrong lesson. Right? Uh, a little bit, but it's also... it. Well, like making that movie and then learning the wrong lesson from it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he did a, a, a good thing in using the, the stills of the graphic novel as the storyboard for right. his movie, which he did in 300, to yeah. great effect. Yeah. Uh, but in Watchmen, it's not as good effect as that. And it is a such a dense and kind of sweeping story that there's no way to cram it into a three hour movie. So some things get cut and some things are condensed and some things are skipped. And so there are people who complain about the book being not as good as the movie have a, a lot of right things to say there, but I think it is a really interesting story to tell. And I honestly think it, it's a better movie for you to watch today than it was when it came out. How so? Because the nature of Watchmen is kind of a a commentary on superheroes. Oh, yeah, good call. So when the watch when Zack Snyder's The Watchmen came out pre MCU, pre DCU, we only had Spider Man, yeah, a couple of Spider Man, a couple of X Men, Blade, kind of the earliest iteration yeah. of this modern superhero movie. It didn't have the same weight, but now. Looking back, after you have 30 superhero movies that are blockbuster releases, yeah. I think it feels a lot different. So I think, and this kind of takes this HBO show, The Watchmen, takes it even a step further. Have we gotten a trailer or anything? Yes, there is a trailer. It looks very, very good. So uh, do you know anything at all about the the, the Watchmen universe? Oh, man. Uh, I know there's a blue wiener. Yep. I know. Dr. Manhattan. That's what you call the wiener? What, yes. What's the guy's name? Uh, <laughs> Just Frank. Billy Crudup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I know there's a guy named Rorschach who has a Rorschach on his head. Yep. And I know Batman Well was in it. Right? <laughs> is that right? Uh, Wasn't he in it? Was he? Or just is that just a guy who looks like him? No, he's not in it. I don't think. What's his real name? Uh, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of it because he's in the dark knight also right yeah he's like the mayor or something yeah, yeah uh it looks like he's always wearing eyeliner yeah 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 i thought for sure he was he was in it but maybe i'm thinking of someone who just kind of looks like yeah him. well in it kind of there's the two there's three or four no there's a, a lot of characters one of them is uh, a character by the name of ozymandias ozymandias is the smartest man on earth is kind of a real shorthand way of saying he's like a good Lex Luthor. This is incredibly simplistic. I'm sure you're good yeah. comments in, yeah, but you won't have to deal with the comments. I will. Uh, I'll read the comments. <laughs> so if you really hate me, go ahead and get in the, get in the comments. Um, Dice is played by Jeremy Irons, a much, much older version. Oh, so, so he's normally younger. Well, yeah, this is after the yeah, thirty of the years comic, right? after yeah. the events of the comic. Essentially, essentially. Wow, I can't talk right now. Um, it's fine. It's just a podcast. Yeah, and from what I've seen on the thank you, uh, <laughs> from seen from the trailer, it got into this situation where the police had to start wearing masks because if they didn't, their families were at risk. And this kind of created this entire culture of good masks and bad masks. Oh. And, and that's this show, this show and, uh, Rorschach is long since gone and there's a gang of people fighting 
the the police essentially wearing masks by donning the Rorschach mask themselves. Oh wow! Do you know if this? So this is we're we'll, for this for the sake of this discussion, we'll call this canon. We'll call like the last comic and the movie roughly canon. Like yeah. the comic certainly. Do we know if um, is it the Doomsday Clock? Do we know if that's part of this? Uh like did that happen? 25 years before this or whatever uh yes so i don't want to give away too much about the ending no. of please don't because i do want to yeah I do want to read it so the events of watchmen as far as i know take place and that would be critical to what happens in this show okay so the listeners out there who have read and seen the watchmen will i think understand that and i don't think i've given too much away great it's good enough for me and then we've also got this one i'm very excited for impractical jokers from staten island to the misery index and beyond i don't do you do you care about any of that i no. yeah no me neither uh but we do have the world premiere of wonder woman bloodlines which i had no interest in and then i read rosario dawson and michael dorn and then i, I also yeah. i noted here She's stopping a company called dot 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 villainy Inc. A little on the nose. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I believe Rosario Dawson has been doing the voice of Wonder Woman. She's in, fucking great man. in the like DC animated world. Yeah, for a while now. She's fantastic. The DC animated movies, all their TV shows, all their TV, phenomenal. Yeah, they they always that, have been. They're so good. Yeah, since like the nineties. Yeah, they're amazing. Like all the ba- like Batman had a bunch of good ones back yeah. in the nineties. The Phantasm and Mask of Mask the Phantasm, of the Phantasm yeah. was uh, Batman Beyond had a really good one. Yep, uh, the Return of the Joker, yeah. I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then after that, we got Angel, the twentieth anniversary panel, what everyone's been waiting for on October fifth, nineteen ninety nine. Angel, the incredible spinoff from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, debuted on October fifth, twenty nineteen. We reassemble the cast on the stage of the Hammerstein Theater to honor a truly groundbreaking show on its twentieth anniversary. Moderated by Claire Kramer of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Here's what I have uh, noted at the end: Piccolo's going to be there. Yes, James Marsters. It, Marster? Marster. 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 Yeah, I am very interested in this. Is that true? Yes. Why? I, Angel is a really good show. Everyone I have spoken to about it has told me it's terrible. Like 10 different people in the past month. Those people are wrong. Angel, I thought it took the premise, kind of the world that Buffy built, and made it better. I was not, I'm not, I, I've watched Buffy. I thought it was fine. But I think Angel is vastly superior. That's incredible. You just lost all credibility on this show. That's not from me. I, I've, is Chris going to attack me? No, I don't think he's even ever seen that show. I've never seen Angel. Um, I've seen some of Buffy, but not a whole lot. But most, I, I just mean, I don't know, man. Literally, you're the only person I've ever found who holds that opinion. At all. Yeah. Like, even close to nothing even close to that. Most people are like, Buffy's great. Angel's terrible. Ruins the show. Uh, I, I don't agree. All right. Next, Snowpiercer, panel and exclusive sneak peek. Set more than seven years after the war has become a frozen wasteland, Snowpiercer centers on the remnants of humanity who inhabit a 1001 car perpetually moving train that circles the globe. Class warfare 
uh, social injustice and the politics of survival play out in, the, in this riveting television adaptation produced by Tomorrow Studios based on the acclaimed movie and graphic novel series of the same name. TBS offers a brand new sneak peek of the highly anticipated post-apocalyptic sci-fi thriller along with a panel featuring stars Jennifer Connelly, David Diggs, Allison Wright, Mickey Sumner, Lena Hall, Sheila Vand, Stephen Ogg, and uh, EP slash showrunner Graham Mason. Graham Mason? Graham Mason? Yeah. Graham Mason? Graham Mason. Graham Mason. Um, is this going to be any good? I think it will. I I do you did, like? Did you see the movie? I I did, did see like the it? movie. I really enjoyed did it. Did you read the comic? I did not read the comic. Okay. I read the comic first. I fucking hated that movie. Why um, did you hate it? So the thing I I feel like I would have liked it better if I didn't read the comic first. I the thing I loved the most about the comic and what it does really well is it's not about the train. It's not about spectacle. It's not about a bunch of people fighting their way to the front. It's the plot is just that a guy breaks out by himself and people help him and he gets to see how these people are living. They escort him to the front. Um, it is about classism and warfare and about society's injustice and about like he gets coffee and he's like, you guys have coffee here. And they're like, of course we have coffee here. What are you talking about? We're not heathens. Um, it's it's a very interesting look at it's just a depiction of a metaphor of society and someone kind of moving through the rungs of it so it's it's so it's a depiction of modern day society and the wealth inequality in france but anywhere really because mm-hmm. it's a french novel a french graphic novel and someone who gains the ability to see it from a bird's eye view what that sounds are you familiar i'm sure you're familiar with but have you read dante's inferno i i haven't read it i know i know a lot about it yeah, yeah. so that's what it sounds like yeah it's very similar it's instead of going through the levels of hell it's going yeah, I was through gonna say, the levels of, of french society it, seven circles of hell seven yes. levels of hell it's a thousand and one <laughs> levels of french society yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. just same thing identical yeah. yeah i hope it says that they're going to uh look into like classism and stuff like that it's a, and injustice social mm-hmm. injustice i hope they do that a little more because that's what i felt was super missing from the chris evans movie from the movie it's i think the movie was more of a product of its time in that it, it was on the tails of the Occupy Wall Street movement. So it was. Ve- I felt it was very much a 99%ers, the back of the train, the 1%ers, everybody else. Yeah. There wasn't like a strata that existed up the train. Yeah. It was the really, really poor people and rich people. Yeah. And there was no division. That might be part of it. One but that's, division. That's yeah. sort of what it's about, too. I mean, that's part of the the income inequality, the wealth inequality. Okay. Wealth inequality. That, like, uh, there is a lot of that in the book. I think what it suffers from more than anything, though, that movie is, um, it's right on the heels of the MCU really taking off because it's kind of an MCU movie. Like, it has nothing to do with Marvel. But, like, it's a, it's a lot of, like, Chris Evans just like barreling through bad guys and beating people up and you know what I mean? And a bunch of like 10 person fight scenes. Well, it's the, the guy who directed it also directed, I believe the raid. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, so it's very much in that spirit of like, yeah, yeah, we are here. We need to go there. Very similar. And it's like a, this like snaking fight. The fight scenes are very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's, as far as I remember, no fight scenes. There's a couple, like, shootouts, but they're very, like... 
They're very reminiscent of like the the old Orient Express, where there's like it was, a guy uh, with a. It was a thriller. It wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a guy with action. a six shooter, and they're trying to shoot each other from far away in the halls, and then he runs away or whatever. Yeah. You know. Uh, I'm really excited about the cast. In, yeah. In the show, I only know Jennifer Conley is amazing. She was great in the Labyrinth. <laughs> uh. Okay. I don't know that I can name anything else she's been in. The Rocketeer. I know the Rocketeer. Spider-Man? Far From Home? Oh, she was a voice. Right? Not Far voice From Home. Voice acting's She's... not acting, Andrew. It's not. And she was in Homecoming, I believe. Yes. Not Far From Home. Uh, I thought she was in both, but sure. I don't think so. I think Edith is a new actor. Maybe. Yeah. Who else? I don't I don't know. Who uh, else? Davey Diggs? David? I got all these names wrong. Uh, he played... Uh... Oh, I do know this guy. He's got, like, crazy hair. He's in Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Lena Hall, I believe, was also in. She played, I believe, opposite Neil Patrick Harris in. Oh, what's the name of that show? Doogie. No. Musical. White Castle. Dr. Horrible. No. Assassins. No. Recent one. Hedwig. Oh. Hedwig in the Angry Inch. I believe she played the lead opposite him. Stephen Ogg sounds familiar too. It does, but I can't place that yeah. one. So we'll move on. Great. FX's Devs, an exclusive look at Alex Garland's television debut. So from the visionary screenwriter, director, filmmaker Alex Garland, who did Ex Machina and Annihilation, love it, comes X- FX's Devs, a high-tech suspense thriller about a young software engineer who investigates the secretive development division of her employer, which she believes is behind the murder of her boyfriend. Don't know how I feel about this. Those, the director obviously does great stuff. Yeah, this sounds very bland. Yeah, but, but if you were, it's to, probably if not. If you were to tell me the same thing about uh, Mr. Robot, I would tell you the same thing. Yeah. And that show was fantastic. Yeah, it's very good. So I, I've still only seen the first season. I got to catch up. Yeah, I'm willing to take. This is one of those shows where I'm not sure what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. Yeah, it's probably going to be mind blowing. Yeah, Siffy and IDW Entertainment's Winona Earp panel. Do we care? I watched a few episodes and I did not like it. What didn't you like about it? It was. It felt very uh, cheap. Oh, like li- like literally, like low budget. Yeah. Uh, the Walking Dead universe, including AMC's flagship series and uh, the untitled new third series within the Walking Dead franchise. The untitled third series in the Walking Dead universe will focus on the first generation to come of age in the apocalypse. I could not care less. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm I, sorry to cut you off. but Yeah, I, you should be. I absolutely <laughs> love the way they ended the comic book. Great. I haven't read it. Um, they literally it was just... It recent, right? Yeah, they were just like, and it's over. Oh, nice. Uh, I, uh, which was, uh, I thought brave and great, but the show has been blah to me for years. A lot of friends have told me that the only season you should watch is the first one. I was walking down the street, uh, maybe like a few months ago, making your way downtown. (laughs) I thought you were going to go walking fast. And, uh, I found a, a, like a, like a hamper full of DVDs on the street, on the, on the sidewalk. Someone was just like throwing out all their old DVDs. Did you get DVD bugs? Uh, I got DVD hep. So I was digging through it. Had to push the needles aside. And I found a bunch of stuff, like including movies that I should have, that I should have seen that I've never seen, like Amelie and shit like that. Amelie? Is that how you pronounce it? Amelie. Isn't it L-I-E? I believe it, the movie is Amelie. It doesn't matter. 
But one of the things was the first season of The Walking Dead. And I was like, oh, sweet. I haven't watched it yet, but I've got that now. And Hep. Uh, next, we've got the Star Trek universe. Star Trek Discovery cast. Anthony Rapp, Doug Jones, Allison Pill. No Tignataro, though. And Patrick Stewart. I love Allison Pill. I love Doug Jones. I don't... I haven't really watched Star Trek Discovery. I don't really plan to. Yeah, Chris, I think, watches it. I think he's a fan. Patrick Stewart's gonna be there to talk about his show. Yeah, Picard. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I, I, it's one of the, I've heard good things from some people, but it just doesn't feel... I love Doug Jones. I love all those people. Yeah, I, it doesn't feel very Star Trekky to me. Honestly, if Tignataro was there, it might be enough to push me over and go. Maybe. I really like Tignataro. She's great. J.J. Abrams and Stephen King's Castle Rock, season two, world premiere screening and panel. It's got Tim Robbins, and that's all I know about it. Yeah, I tried watching Castle Rock, and I didn't like it. Is it cheap? No, I just, I'm not a fan of the Stephen King style of writing. It's, mm. it's, it's a very particular thing and it's just not my cup of tea and that's okay. Did you see the new It movies? I did. I thought they were pretty good. The latest one too? Yeah. That was pretty good? Yeah. Jeff, your opinions. I don't like them. I thought the first one was pretty good. I thought the most recent one I thought it was an insult to film. And here's why. Wow. I, I don't want to get into it too hard, but because I think it's a mediocre movie. And I think it's really easy to make a mediocre movie. And at least if you tank a film, you fucking tried something. That's not entirely true. You can you can be just... They tried really hard on a lot of stuff, and it was just mediocre. And they also didn't try at all on some stuff, and it was just terrible. Mm, yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I very rarely come across that. Like, if a movie is really, really bad, it's usually because they fucking went for something and it just didn't work, in my experience. Okay. That's like your opinion, man. Am I the only one who gives a shit about the rules? <laughs> Outlander, Star's original series. Mark Do we care? <laughs> Do we care? What was that? Sorry. Out Outlander. Yeah, sorry. You were trying uh, to get your quote in. Yeah. Please excuse my <laughs> pop culture reference. Um, I've seen some Outlander. I thought it was, I liked it, yeah, but I don't know Chris if I want to, really I don't show. know if I want to go to a panel about it. Yeah. I don't know either. Uh, what else we got? AMC presents a special advanced screening of season 10 premiere of the walking dead. We just kind of talked about that. No, thank you. Oh, I did put a note here. I kind of want to go as someone who has never seen a single episode and just be very confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just keep going. Who's that? What's happening? Are there zombies? What is that? They look out behind you. What else we got? Amazon Prime video takeover featuring Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan and the Expanse. What the fuck is that? You talked about that for a minute. Oh, yeah. So first one is Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan is the like Tom Clancy. Yeah, it's John Krasinski, right? It's John Krasinski in this one. Tom Cruise? Uh, no. Also? No. No. Previous ones were uh, Hunt for Red October was Jack Ryan with... Uh, Alec Baldwin. We had The Sum of All Fears with uh, Ben Affleck. We had Clear and Present Danger way back with Harrison Ford. We've had one more recently. I can't remember the name of it, but it was Chris Pine. So, like, this is a character that's been around a lot. And, I, and always played by the same kind of actor. 100% true. He's like a CIA analyst that in the books goes from like a lowly CIA analyst all the way up to president of the United States. Fantastic. It's great. The Tom Clancy books actually have caused 
like changes in policy on the national level in a one of his earlier books how this character becomes president is they blow up congress during the state of the union address and he as director of the cia is the highest ranking person in government oh so he becomes God. the president and after that the government would like hey maybe we should have one of the cabinet members oh yeah be and a there's designated a, there's a survivor for sutherland exactly right? yeah and like that was from what i understand it may be a uh untrue attribution yeah but from what i've i've read that is because tom clancy was like hey this is dumb yeah at minimum i'm sure it made him talk about it yes right? they had to have a discussion about it yeah but i think john krasinski in it is just a joy to watch he's yeah. a great actor yeah you see that in uh a quiet place i haven't seen that yet it's i know i gotta get on it uh, i, I watched fucking birdbath which is almost the same Bird movie box but, yeah that one yeah. it's fucking awful it's yeah. almost the same movie and just bad yeah different sense yeah uh but no it's yeah, it's essentially him following a trail to capture a particular terrorist cell. The first movie is uh, like a very sophisticated, like Al-Qaeda-esque set of terrorists from the Middle East. This one, I believe, is like Venezuelan-based, I think. I'm not too sure. But it's it's uh, very cerebral. It's has action but not like there's a movie or this TV it's show? a tv series uh it's... but it's like the classic amazon prime like yeah eight nine episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. mini you series could, yeah mini series i really like i watched all the episodes straight through um it's great i highly recommend it if you have amazon prime to watch the I think first I, season i think we're in the middle of our free month yeah i really recommend it i thought it was very good i'll try to check that out yeah and a new season i think is going to be great <clears throat> Netflix presents Lost oh, in Space. No, I'm sorry. We missed the second half of that, which is The Expanse. Oh, I thought that was The Expanse. No, that was Tom, Jesus Tom Clancy. Jesus fucking Christ. What's The Expanse? The Expanse is a science fiction show uh, that was on sci-fi, moved to Amazon Prime. It's essentially about kind of like three factions, Earth, Mars, and the asteroid belt in between, and kind of this like territorial war. And then out of nowhere, this like alien uh entity like organic thing kind of enters the picture and just upsets the like kind of balance of power in the universe it's written by uh the books there's a series of books that kind of lead up to the series it's written by the two people who assisted george R. R. martin in writing his first few game of thrones books oh and after they departed to write their own books the productivity of George R. R. Martin decreased significantly. Sure. Um, the Expanse books are thick, but uh, really compelling. Like, really interesting stories about, like, the different culture that Mars developed, very militaristic. Uh, Earth is very, like, uh, kind of like a bastardization of the Federation from Star Trek. Uh, but it's, like, political, it's military, it's science fiction. It's a really interesting book. And the story kind of follows this like ragtag group of people who kind of just end up in the worst places possible and have to just deal with the shit that they've been given. Yeah. It's very good. Would recommend. Are those both on Amazon Prime? They are. <sighs> I only have so much time. All right. My next thing. 
Netflix presents Lost in Space, and I have written here uh, one comment. Fucking why? Yeah, this is season two yeah. of Lost in Space. The first one was not good, yeah. in my opinion, and I don't know why they got a second Someone one. Someone said they're looking for their robot in the second season. That's the plot. Great. I pretty S- sounds, don't... Sounds like a fucking I mean, joy. I can find my phone. They can't find their robot? Next thing is an hour with Adam Savage. This is Adam's fourth near Comic-Con, and he's so excited to be here. But this hour is about you, and it will primarily be Q&A. Ask Adam about Mythbusters, Savage Builds, Tested.com, his latest costume, whatever you want. Well, within reason, of course. I I really like Adam Savage. Yeah. I'm a fan of his Tested uh, podcast and uh, YouTube pro content. I that would be really interesting to me. Yeah, I, think I really he's like him. A really great storyteller. I tried to go every year that I've gone to uh, Comic Con. And the lines are out the door. No, the lines aren't that hard because we got the the pro passes. Oh right. So we get in a little bit before everyone. Hard part is that it's always at the same time as something else I want to see a little bit more. Yeah, I yeah he's not necessarily the top of my list of wanting to see. Yeah, but I, I think he would be really interesting to have a uh, kind of like a TED talk. Uh, with this is what i didn't see when i went to the sonic the hedgehog panel that one was not something i wanted to see more but we had done a bunch of stuff that i wanted to do and melinda was like i want to go to the sonic panel and i was like all right we can do that you both lost that day my god i would say (laughs) i gained a finer understanding of the sonic the hedgehog fan base uh wait you're on saturday now i don't know man i'm just trying to blow through this oh but there is one one thing from Friday that I do want to talk about. Is it Friday? Does it matter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is on Friday. It is College Huber Drops Out presents Um Actually Live. Oh. Yeah. It is know. in one of the smaller rooms in the venue. Oh, um, that's why I don't have it. Yeah. You, you yeah. focus more on the big the big events. I yeah. looked at some of the smaller ones. Um Actually is... You were just showing me some of this before we yeah. started recording. It is a game show that is tailor-built for nerds in which... The host presents a statement. It is factually incorrect, and your job as a contestant is to correct it, always starting your phrase, um, actually, as every good nerd does. (laughs) The more pedantic, the better. The more condescending, the better. (laughs) Your goal is to prove that you are smarter than the other people in the room. That is, it's going to be a live event with the host. Uh, I'm in love with this content. I've almost spent money on their drop the dropout network or whatever this streaming service oh, is yeah. simply because of this show i love it and i could not recommend it more strongly yeah i when you were showing me stuff of it it's it's very very funny everyone needs to if you haven't heard of it just go to youtube and type i'm um, actually and watch anything except the first one <laughs> yeah it comes up yeah there's the first in one. the list there'll be a full episode and that is probably the best introduction because there's a lot of questions. There's not a lot of the yucks in between. It's good, funny, concise. It's really good content. So do you think, I don't know if it says it in there. Do you think they're going to have people that they ask questions to already, like celebrities or whoever, or are they just going to bring people up? I don't know. Yeah. Um, my guess, if if I were to guess, they would probably do a little bit of both. My guess is they're going to do a game and then have some questions for the audience. Yeah, that's a good idea. They could also, like, there's always, like, 
you know, a host who brings people up to like rev up the crowd and they'll do games. They could do that. Yeah, for do that like as little well. segments, but have like a full game kind of yeah. in, sprinkled in between. Yeah, yeah. Kind of working with the crowd. I, I think that's the kind of thing. It's going to be in a smaller room, so it's going to be pretty intimate. Uh, I think it would be a lot of fun. And they're the college humor guys, so they're they have improv backgrounds. Yeah, they're comedy writers. They're going to be very funny. They're going to be like kind of feeding off the energy in the room. So the more you give, the more you're going to get. Next up on my list is Marvel Comics X-Men Dawn of X. I've actually been hearing a lot about this. It's a comic book series and it uh, it sounds pretty good. I've heard a lot about it in so much as I hear about comic book stuff. I'm kind of as casual a comic book fan as you're going to find who's still aware of what's going on. Fucking poser. I am a comic book poser. <laughs> well, yeah, I, it might be interesting. I don't think I'm going to go to that because I haven't read. Yeah. Like, that would not Spoilers. be... Intru- yeah, that's not the introduction I want to that comic. Uh, we also got Castlevania Spotlight panel that's going to have Warren Ellis in the cast. I've seen... I think we watched the first season or something. It's very good. Um, I just have no interest to watch it. Yeah, I, I never played Castlevania... I don't think you need to. The show doesn't really depend on that. It's a, I, I it's just a, don't have a like, kind of emotional attachment to the. Yeah, I don't think property. you need one. Again, it's it's a good show that introduces interesting characters uh, and interesting relationships, and it just doesn't hold me. I don't know why. Oh yeah, uh, New York Comic Con Championships of Cosplay presented by Singer. Oh god, I just put here. Can you imagine what you would have to do to win that? <laughs> Those, yeah, the, the <laughs> costumes that people make for New York City Comic Con are um, so impressive. Hi, my costume is that I'm a life-size Titan from Attack of the Titans. They had to open the roof to let me in. <laughs> Thank you. Warner Brothers television block featuring Riverdale, Manifest, Roswell, Harley Quinn, and Batwoman. Uh, and I don't know any of the people who are going to be there. Uh, I know some of them... Uh... We talked about in the last podcast Batwoman a little bit, so that's related there. Isn't Batwoman played by that famous Australian Ruby actress? Rose. Yeah, she's not going to be there. Yeah, uh, that's that's weird. Um, yeah. Also, uh, the Harley Quinn is an animated series. Oh, I wondered um, about that. Yeah, that's I. It's from what I've seen of like an early trailer. It's uh, Kelly Kuoko. Uh, she's uh, from Big Bang Theory. Great. Uh, the blonde one. Sure. Um, She's the, the, like, main love interest? Yeah. The next door neighbor? Yeah, exactly. Um, And it seems very, uh, or much more R-rated than the typical WB, like, DC comics. Which I think is, Harley Quinn as a property is a good one to do it with. Mm. Like, you have a lot of room to grow to be more aggressive, more violent, more body, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, So that's cool. Uh, The Riverdale... I, I am absolutely flabbergasted that an Archie comic <laughs> got made into a television well, it's show. Like a, that it's a gritty Archie comic, that's, right? It is somehow successful and it blows my mind. Is I'm it, not saying it it's still good on. Or, yeah, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just shocked. Yeah, it is it's successful. Astonishing. It's amazing. Yeah. It even got greenlit. Yeah, it's crazy. It's true. We are living in the golden era of comic book movies. There are two. Two separate Archie comic television shows right now. There is Riverdale and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, yeah. I forgot about and that. And I'm sure there's other ones, too. Like, it is. This is crazy. I also just love that Roswell is on this list. It's back. <laughs> I know. 
Might as well be fucking Northern Exposure. I, I would watch Northern Exposure a hundred times before I'd watch Roswell. I, I have no opinion on it. Next up, this one I actually am like half interested in and it confuses, scares, and excites me. Uh, part of their world, a conversation with the Disney princesses, Ariel, Belle, uh, Princess Tiana. I thought there was a fourth one, but I didn't write it. This is going to be insane. I... The level of uncomfortable in that room is not something that I can handle. I'm sure they mean well, but I've seen some of the people at New York City Comic Con. Yeah, the, and we, the type I, you of said people, I played you the Sonic the Hedgehog exactly. panel. The, and the type of... Some of the people, not all, a very small percentage of the people who go to New York City Comic Con and the one, some of those who will go to this kind of panel are not the kind of people that I want to spend a lot of time with. Yeah, I don't... I think you're being extremely... I'm I'm hedging. Yeah, I think I don't want to be... I think you're pandering dismissive. a little bit. I, I would say... Here's what I would say. There are going to be... 50% of the audience in that panel is going to be, like, little girls with their parents and, like, young women who just, like, have... You know, like, with red hair who have always loved Ariel and it gave them something to aspire to that they didn't feel put out of place because Ariel is, is a great person and they can be, too. Or little little girls of color who grew up to be, like, great, strong women who were able to look up to Tiana as well and... You know, Belle and, you know, kids who, you know, she taught little girls who to, read. to read. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like they, they grew up, you know, feeling comfortable being the smartest person in the room because of her. And the other 50% are going to be just fucking weebs. Yeah. This is going to weirdo. This weeb. is going to be a, a population very much akin to a My Little Pony Friendship is oh Magic convention. Oh my God. It's going to be. Can you imagine the bloodshed? It. Uh... <laughs> It's... Can you imagine the Naruto runs? No, I can't because they're sure as shit not running. <laughs> the, the Naruto rolls. <laughs> the Naruto shambles. <laughs> shuffles. <laughs> Naruto shuffles. <laughs> they don't want to get their uh, triblies sweaty. Oh my god. <laughs> their Jenko jeans. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I do kind of want to go, though. No, I don't! It's one of those things where I I want to go for five minutes, but yeah. the panels aren't really designed to like come and yeah. go. Yeah. Like they close those doors. I want to just be like, yep, they, this is not me. They I'm don't out. really. I've left a panel before. I've, we've, we've done that. Yeah. But there's, it's not yeah, that hard. I know. It's, but, it's awkward. Yeah. Especially in that room. Yeah. Well, I actually know that level <laughs> of awkward is so far below the baseline. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right, next. Yeah. She-Ra and the Princesses of Power in Netflix original series. This is before my time. Yep. I mean, it's it's now, but, you know, I, I have no nostalgia for a yeah, remake. He-Man He-Man was even before my time. It was more of my brothers, who's a few years older than me. I just... No, thanks. And now, here's the panel name and a comment I made on it right after. Batman Beyond 20th Anniversary, all caps, fucking finally something good that i'm very excited about 20th anniversary and its upcoming remastered blu-ray box set release with key members of the batman beyond creative team led by the voices of batman and terry mcginnis kevin conroy and will friedel 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 will friedel will friedel you may recall was the older brother on boy meets world 
I've never seen that show. Uh, he did the voice of Ron Stoppable. Oh, I know that character through you only. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, for the the listeners out there in college, I was often referred to as Ron Stoppable because apparently I resembled him somehow. I still don't understand how. I think it's the face shape. Kind of tall. You're lanky. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I know how sad that is. <laughs> you know, there's nothing that works better on a podcast than dead air. Um, <laughs> You'll edit it out. Awkward dead air. Yeah, man. Batman Beyond. I remember. Oh, man. It's going to be so good. I remember watching that show as a kid and thinking, this is fine. Like, like I'd turn it on. And it's one of those shows that like I'd flip around on the camera on like a Saturday morning. I'd be flipping around the TV. What am I going to watch while I play like action figures or make connects or like like my cereal on the floor? Yeah, 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 exactly. And I was like, what am I going to watch? And then I'd be like, oh, I guess I'll watch Batman Beyond. And I'd be like, like I'll just keep it on in the background. And I'll do whatever I'm doing. And I'd be doing whatever I was doing. And I'd look up for like a second and then go back to doing what I was doing and then look up for like five minutes and then go and do whatever I was doing and then look up and just never go back to it. <laughs> it is <laughs> every time. It's such a good show. Yeah, and it ages very well yeah i haven't gone back and there's a reason why there is constant rumors whenever they announce there's going to be a new batman movie yeah that batman beyond is going to be the premise well and the good news is that we're getting to the point where we can start it makes sense like the great thing about batman beyond i mean there's a lot of good stuff but the best thing in my opinion is that you had kevin conroy play batman so like it was like an extension of the animated series. We all knew it, the it's in the same series. universe, right? Yeah, and we all knew that. Yeah, yeah. They they got a bunch of the actors to come back. Like the woman who played the voice of um, Batgirl is also like the uh, like attorney Barbara Gordon or whatever she is. Oh, uh, she's know. the police commissioner. commissioner. Yeah, yeah. That makes yeah, sense. She replaces her father, and it was cool that like he had the same voice. He was Batman, but a but little older. gruffer. Yeah. yeah, and we are getting to a point now where like we have options. Like we could have. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton could do this live. Easily. Easy. Yeah. And even others. like you Even can... if you chose not an actor who didn't play Batman previously. Yeah. I mean, you could get Clint Eastwood or, you know. And... Well, I, I'm not trying to prescribe a particular actor, but because we've had Batman movies that... Like, oh, right. We've, they we can still be part of, of that universe. Yeah, we know yeah. of Batmans that have... Even if they're not technically in the quote-unquote same universe. Yeah. But viewers will be familiar with oh yeah there was a batman movie 30 years ago i actually had a thought that Whatever i, I ran by chris a couple episodes ago uh what if they get jack nicholson to be batman in a batman beyond movie and get michael keaton to be the joker i would watch that yeah right. other than jack nicholson i believe is retired and doesn't yeah, yeah, really yeah. act anymore or hasn't for the last 10 years he's sure. in movies but he just plays jack nicholson well we're going to go back further than 10 years then. I'm being generous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that would be... I think that would be a very interesting take. Uh, a direction Batman could go mm -hmm. that isn't... The big problem with trying to reboot Batman, and they're going to do it again with uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah. That whole thing is, if you bring in a new... Like, what story are you going to tell? Yeah. Like... It better not be an origin story because we've seen it so many times. Mm -hmm. Nobody needs to watch that. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming proved that. Yeah. You can have a character that's been around for a while. It's okay. What stories do you want to tell? There's a lot of really good ones. You have, uh, what is it? The Long Halloween. 
Yeah, that's a really good one. Be, well, that's that's supposedly what they're doing with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, that is that's what I've heard as well. Yeah. You like, can do Hush. Hush would be fantastic. Um, there's that owl one that I haven't read. Oh, uh, yeah, the Cou- Court of Owls. Council Court, Court of Owls. Yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff you can do with that. Yeah, there's a lot of really great content, and because Batman has been in just like the public consciousness that we we've people who aren't comic book fans have seen all the Dark Knight movies. So if you have a movie about Batman, you don't need to fill in all this backstory. You can just slide right into the middle of a story and Batman yeah. exists. Yeah, He's the, a thing you know. The same way we've been saying that like for the past 10 years about, say, Spider-Man. Yep. We don't need to see Uncle Ben die again. We don't need to see him get bit by a spider. And with Batman, we don't need to see the pearls. We don't need to see his parents get shot. Like, it's we all know, old we know hat. It. Yeah. We've seen it 10 times. It doesn't help us. Yeah, that would be... Um, I just think it would be great. Even if you can't get Michael Keaton or whatever, you can get Val Kilmer or Clooney. Like Clooney might be a so little spry and young for it. Man, I don't know. How fucking old is he? He's old. He just doesn't but... look it. Yeah, know? he doesn't look it. And you could put some stuff on him. But that's the other thing, too, is that, like, if we're talking five, six years down the line, yeah. you know, we that's the good thing, is that you could get Michael Keaton to do it right now, and in three years, you could get Val Kilmer. In six years, yeah. you could get Clooney. In ten years, you could get... Um, Bail. Bail. In 15, you can get Affleck. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? You can do it whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I, I think it's... I, there's a lot of fruit there. I think it'd be a really great production to do. All right, and last thing I have, and we can go in because I think you've got I have some a couple. stuff. We, I have Hulu's The Orville, which I have not yet seen. The Emmy-nominated series The Orville is back for season three and heading to New York. Join the dynamic crew of the USS Orville. Uh, Adrian Palicki, Penny Johnson, Gerald... Scott Grimes, Peter Mack, and Jessica... I don't know any of these people. Mark Jackson, Chad L. Coleman, executive producers David A. Goodman, John Kasser, and Brannon Braga to celebrate the show and learn about its exciting new adventures on Hulu. I don't see... Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane, yeah. Um, as far as I can tell, he's the one of the busiest people in Hollywood. So... Is Family Guy still on? I think so. Jesus. Uh, yeah, this is one of the ones on my list as well. I I love the Orville. I've heard only good things. The Orville is... Orville came out at a weird time. Orville and Star Trek Discovery released in the same year. Yeah. And Star Trek Discovery was an interesting take on Star Trek. The Orville is... An interesting take on Star Trek? Is <laughs> the best Star Trek series in... Since... Probably TNG? Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. a big Deep Space yeah, Nine yeah, fanboy. Um, but no, it is... It captures the feeling of Star Trek, where it's encapsulated episodes with, like, a parable and, like, a, an interesting story and, like, a, a moral quandary at every turn. Um, there's big conflict and big villains that kind of loom in the background for multiple episodes. Yeah. It is so good and one of the best parts about it is the classic like seth mcfarlane style of jokes that you see kind of on at like on 11 when you watch family guy yeah like uh like peter and the chicken fighting yeah like that kind of over the top but you get to see him at like a seven now you get it's like one scene in an episode and it it's funny and then you move right on yeah yeah and there's uh there's a particular scene there's a it's this doesn't really give away any of the plot, but I think it's truly funny. Is one of the characters is this uh, 
a character that is a representative from like a, a, a race of robots. Like everybody on the planet are these like android robot creatures. I don't know if they're androids or robots. What do they describe? Anyway, and he's trying to learn about humanity and people and like to see if they will be a fit to join like the Federation of Planets. So they're trying to teach him different like parts of American, uh, not American, sorry, human culture. One of them is practical jokes. So one of the characters plays a practical joke on him and everyone kind of laughs and says, oh, it's a practical joke. Now you do a practical joke back to him. Oh God. And remember this is on a spaceship. Yeah. So this character, the next, well, later in the episode, you see him wake up in bed, go to get out of bed and he just falls over and you see that the, his lower leg has been amputated. And he just screams and, like, hobbles onto the bridge. And the android character says, ha, 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 I got you. Oh his God. idea of a practical joke was to <laughs> sever his limb because he knew it could be regrown. Uh, wow. That's pretty funny. That's a good joke. Yeah, it's, it's a good practical joke. It's a great practical joke. Um, it's... It's, What's your address again? You got any saws at home? Or? Uh, three, two, one, go fuck yourself. You made that joke already off mic. <laughs> I'm not clever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. What, what else have you got? Okay. There's uh, two smaller venue things that I thought would be really interesting. One is how to do anything with Randall Monroe, creator of XKCD. Oh, yeah, I've gone to that uh, the past two years. And uh, Nathan Pyle's Strange Planet. What the fuck is that? Strange, you may have seen it on uh, social media. It's, like, it's I've often seen it shared on like Facebook. And it is the little webcomic with aliens who say oh, hyper-literal What's the things. name of that? Strange Planet. Strange Planet, yeah. yeah Nathan Pyle's Strange Planet. So those two kind of these whimsical, like small, concise. Yeah, like short. yeah. They're, little web comics that aren't too those are getting so popular now like not yeah. even i don't even mean those two specifically yeah, that type of comic yeah yeah and i welcome it all i comics you can share full storylines yeah. on facebook i don't like the whole like penny arcade control delete that kind well, even of those era. Are, are long form compared to these oh you know i'm saying like those ones have kind of lost their popularity yeah. a little bit because you read a comic and you have you if you haven't read the last three thousand right. published well, comics, Penny you don't know Arca what's going on. Penny Arcade was a little better about that. Was a little bit better, but it's still a little what was insular. The, what was the other one you said? Uh, control delete. Oh, that maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. That one was pretty. Well, there was there was one I used to read that was very very popular. That was about like a couple and they're they're. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Some, those type of long form comics. Yeah, it's I very think similar. are losing their popularity a little bit because they're not shareable short yeah and shorter man get it yeah. get it you like we're we're moving set up punchline move on yeah we're yeah. we're in that era now like it's it's interesting how comics have to adapt to facebook yeah right well any like yeah not the kind of meme culture and instagram yeah well yeah but not just meme culture like if we didn't have it's social media culture if we didn't have social media like, we could still have memes that are longer. There are memes that are longer. Like, Tumblr, nearly RIP, would have, like, these crazy long memes, you know, that are, like, you just have to scroll and scroll and scroll yeah. and scroll. And they're still good and people still share them. It's really just, like... I just thought, I think it's a matter of quantity. They're shared, but not nearly at the rate. 
that those Maybe. little digestible I, nuggets. I'd have to, you know, I'd have to look at like research and shit. But I, I really think it's just we are getting more and more of a capitalist productive mindset every day that goes by. And we're just like, next, next, next. Where's the next one? Where's yeah, the next our one? Attention spans Whatever it to is. shrink. Yeah, not just memes, not just comics. Next thing. Oh, that status is too long. I'm not reading it. You know, next thing. I think that's what it is. Like I would agree. And they're adapting beautifully. Yeah. Another one is Rick Baker, 50 Years of Makeup Mastery. Rick Baker has done multi-time Academy Award winning, did the makeup for, I believe, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. I've never seen The Thing. I own it uh, on DVD. Yeah, but he, uh, Rick Baker is much more of the, like, the older school, like the answer is in the practical. Yeah. Um, And his stuff is fantastic. He's still working today. Someone tell Hollywood to hire him. Yeah. Uh, it's just expensive. And is time... it more expensive than CGI? It's time. Ugh. If they can just say, like, there's going to be a thing here. They don't have to worry about the puppet or the, yeah, the thing yeah, yeah. on the day doing research. Paying the puppeteers. You and can just pay sure one programmer. Of, yeah. Well, essentially it's like, and if we don't like it, we can just change it. Yeah. Well, and you can pay one programmer for 40 hours a week and he'll work 80 or 90. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is For All Mankind. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's two that are related. Sorry. There's For All Mankind and Netflix Daybreak. Both of them are alternate realities. Daybreak is kind of this alternate world in which there is a zombie apocalypse, but its premise is high school students uh, starring Matthew Broderick, which. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. One. And it's it, from what I've seen, it looks to be very funny and kind of a weird dissection of the high school and zombie genres so what grade of a high school student does matthew broder he is a principal Oh, okay that Um, makes more sense and the last and the other one is for all mankind which is part of the initial slate of apple plus tv shows that they're creating right with that m night Shyamalan servant that is one of them this one is about the space race in which the united states loses the Soviet Union oh. puts a man on the moon first. So America's response is, no, we have to keep going. We, the race is still on. In our reality, once we got to the moon, we it was stopped. over. Yeah. Like we won, essentially. That was the goal. We crossed the finish line. Russia gave up. Now we can ruin the ozone layer and wreck the planet forever. Yeah, like instead of going out there, let's just destroy what we have here. Yeah. But this is, they essentially said like, no. The next step is first woman on the moon, first moon colony, first person on Mars. Like there's always another step. And it's kind of looking at that. And I think from what I've seen, the primary focus of the first season will be putting the first woman on the moon when NASA at the time was not at all prepared for female astronauts. They had to, in this, they'll scraping it together. There's the kind of the gender issues of the 1960s. Jesus. Um, it looks very interesting. Uh, I, uh, the cinematography looks beautiful. Uh, it looks like a really thoughtful piece of creative media. It sounds cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see like a bunch of white dudes in the 60s asking questions about like someone having their menstrual cycle in space. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, like, and you're looking at these are like the brightest and best men yeah. who've been training their entire lives for one singular goal. That's fine. And they're out because 
for political reasons, they need yeah. a woman. And it, the, what's the, the, what's the name of that one for all mankind, for all mankind. Yeah. And the trailer has a really powerful se- sequence where it's essentially like NASA astronauts and NASA command watching the broadcast of Russia landing on the moon. It is surreal. I am not like an Uber patriot in any stretch of the imagination. And it is really affecting because that image of Neil Armstrong and it being America being first is been pounded into our brains so hard and kind of it's, it is the, one of the quintessential symbols of American exceptionalism and it not being the case is jarring. Yeah. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. I had an argument with someone maybe six months ago, seven months ago about whether or not we landed on the moon. (laughs) It was someone our age, maybe a little younger, maybe like 25, 26. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know? That person was stupid. Yeah, it was weird. And she was like, you know that they admitted to, to faking photos, right? And I was like, if they admitted it, why would they have admitted it if the landing wasn't real? And they, they had a whole explanation that was like, yeah, well, you know, photos don't really work that well up in space. <laughs> you know, there's well, not a lot of good light. Uh, they essentially, they like touched them up. Well, no, they, they said they, they, like, I found it. NASA yeah. released a statement that was like, we made fake photos. Like, that, they weren't all fake, but they were like, for the purposes of promotional stuff, there was like, a lot of the pictures of Neil Armstrong and stuff. First of all, they weren't photographers. And so, the cameras were chest mounted. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. centered pictures are hard as hell. And like, you know, there's no atmosphere in, yeah. on the moon. So like, the atmosphere affects how light is reflected and stuff like that. And yeah. <clears throat> it was but really hard to take pictures. So the, they just made fake ones. It's the same type of people who are like, oh, we didn't land on the moon are the same kind of people who say the earth is flat and all this other we, stuff we, we were talking about all these conspiracies she also mentioned that one and how she was like i'm not i don't i just don't know you know i think it's worth thinking about about flat earth and then so we were we were i don't want to give too much information this away but suffice it to say that we were in like a van coming back with like a bunch a big group of people we had gone somewhere and we had hired like a, a van service so this guy yeah. was like driving us and so she's giving all these conspiracies and then she she says something that I will never forget which was like she's like yeah I just think we need to think about you know how realistic it is that we landed on the moon and like what we just believe that the earth is round because you know someone told us and don't even get me started on 911 <laughs> and the entire van got silent <laughs> and I was like you're going to give me an aneurysm and everyone burst into laughter. But like, I was like, you're going to make this dude tank the, the van into the side of a wall. The only explanation I can possibly come up for those kind of conspiracy theories is people who are, they, they don't have the ability to be exceptional in some way. Oh, so ouch. They, 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 you, cre- went, you went right for that. I do. I do. This really bothers me. Yeah. They're not, they can't be exceptional in their own life. So what they do is they try to be intellectually superior by saying, I know this and nobody else does. And, and it's possible that like, they're taking like a hundred, one in a million chances. And in the off chance that they're right, they will be one of the like hundred yeah, people I, who are right. Yeah, like they're. It's the kind of person who says, oh, if I buy a lottery ticket every time, I'm sure to win. Yeah. I mean, the odds only get better, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's they they crave being the smartest person in the room that they'll try anything to do it. 
I think very lowly of these people. Yeah, I uh, I hope your listeners enjoy. Well, anyway, on to my next podcast called uh, Flat Earthers Rejoice, (laughs) where we talk about how the Earth is flat. There's a lot of bleed bleed of those. Yeah, I hope I hope you're okay with that. Spider-Man fans, Flat Earthers, one to one relationship. Guys, if you're going to believe a radioactive spider is going to make a guy shoot webs, I know that most Spider-Men actually create web yeah. and actually have shooters say, think, that are mechanical. I think just Tobey Maguire and I think, Miles Morales? Uh, I think some of the comic books, like the Man Spider Time, he naturally formed web and stuff yeah, like probably. that. Came out his butt. Came out his butt. Uh, I believe there are some instances in the comic books of there being naturally forming web, but like the big one is Toby McGuire. Yeah. Which is super weird when you think about it. Go web, go. That's an away web. That's the number one thing I remember from that movie. Go web, go. Yep. Moving his hands. Yeah. Moving his fingers. Good show. What, this one? No. Oh, I forgot. We got to do the thing. (laughs) Yeah, you have things. Thank you all for listening. You can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play Music. You can listen to us on SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can check us out on Twitter at Media Lunch Break. That's our handle. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can go to Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break if you want to give us money in exchange for a box of free stuff. It's not free. Give us a dollar. It's close to free. It's almost free. If you sign up, you can win. Yeah, it's not even winning. If you give a dollar, we will give you if you give media lunch break money you will win we all win really that's true <laughs> you amongst them you can uh, send us an email at the media lunch break at gmail.com or you can visit our website www.themedialunchbreak.com thank you julie so, yeah it's super helpful so what i'm trying to say is become a patron and i'll talk to you <laughs> via the microphone so yeah thank you all for listening Thank you for having me, Andrew. Oh, I, yeah. This is the last one for now until I need a favor again. Yeah. I This was fun. In reality, this was exactly what was going to happen the next time we got dinner together. Yeah, I know. Well, it that's, just that's so how, happens we have a recorder. That's how this us. podcast started, actually. It's actually how we got the name, which I won't go into because there have been other people and other podcasts who I've, I listen to their podcasts and they listen to ours and they've been like, like someone recommended us uh, to another person on a podcast and they were like, What's that name about? And the, literally, this is a friend of Chris's, was like, huh, I have no idea. By the way, both Andrew and I work in the 34th Street to 23rd Street area, very midtown part of the city. I know it's not giving any details away. There is a sandwich place. Oh my god. Don't you dismiss this. It is <laughs> one of the best sandwiches I've ever had in the city. I've never eaten here, so I can neither confirm nor deny. We will go shortly. It is called Pasillo's. They make ginormous sandwiches for reasonable amounts of money. They hand slice the meat directly in front of you. They're at, uh, is that a euphemism? No. Oh. It, there's a meat slicer, and they just like cut the meat off. It, okay, that's a euphemism. No. <sighs> it's literal. Fine. The bread is fantastic. The sandwiches are not crazy complex, but they're... I am not a small man. I do not eat small quantities of food. It is a sufficient meal to eat half of one of these sandwiches. 
I cannot recommend this place enough. Why are you plugging a sandwich place? Because even if you don't include this, that's fine. I'm just letting you know that we're going to the, the sandwich place. We should tell everyone, I am dead serious about this idea. I, I talked with Jeff about a potential like sister podcast to this one coming up that I, I love the idea of it. And uh, I'm not going to put it on here because someone's going to steal it. But it's about it, cats. It, yep. It might be coming up soon. By soon, I mean in the next like 20 years. So get ready. Get. Don't die. Don't go to that sandwich shop. <laughs> that great big sandwich shop in the sky. Be funnier. I'm not your monkey. You are not my organ grinder. <laughs> That's a euphemism. Definitely. I could be definitely, yeah, definitely a euphemism. A euphemism.